0: Thank you for downloading the audio portion of the Everett Lee Show. Before you get on to the guest today that's on the program, there's a few things I want to mention that will help support the Everett Lee Show. And of course, it will help Everett Lee out. You'll help support my ass out right up front here on this podcast. It will just show that you really care. Let me go ahead and mention that. And then you can enjoy this audio portion of the Everett Lee Show. If you're looking to start a podcast and already have a podcast and you're looking for an affordable podcasting hosting site, Podbeam is your number one choice. Podbeam offers statistics with in-depth analytics to manage your podcast needs. Use the promo code podbeam.com slash pbsignup and get a free month off. That's podbeam.com slash pbsignup to get a free month off and see why 1,500 episodes have been shared all over the world in the past 11 years with over 3,000 subscribers that have chose Podbeam as their number one hosting site. And if you're looking to get into advertising, Podbeam advertising, you'll get $100 off advertising when you sign up as a sponsorship over on podbeam.com slash pro slash up. That's podbeam.com slash pro slash pb pbsignup. Since 1995, HighSpots.com has grown to be the company it is by serving the wrestling fans throughout the world with a great selection of merchandise. HighSpots.com has everything a wrestling fan could want, including the latest WWE and TNA releases, classic wrestling merchandise, and their HighSpots.com exclusive releases. HighSpots.com is the leading online retailer for professional wrestling and mixed martial arts, offering autographs, figures, DVDs, apparel, wrestling gear, and even wrestling rings. Their largest clients include WWE, Impact Wrestling, ROH, and AEW. Click on the High Spots logo on the Everett Lee Show page over on podcastc.net to order. Whether you are a wrestling fan, pro wrestler, or promoter, you can find what you're looking for at highspots.com.
1: Podcast City Network. You're listening to The Everly Show.
0: Welcome to Every Show. I'm The Everly. Today on the program, my guest is a 20 plus year veteran, professional wrestler, trainer, John Moxley, Eli Drake, Sammy Callahan core core, Heather Owens, and Shauna Reed. Come to mind when I mention my guest that's on the program today. Let's throw it up, throw it down for none other than Cody freaking Hawk. How you doing there?
1: Doing well, man. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Pretty good.
1: Hey, I'm broadcasting live from my bed, so uh, you'll have to excuse me. I'm just getting home from a long day of work and some training and uh it's really the only place i want to be right now
0: i hear you i hear you just after a long day that that'd be that's the place i'd like to be just after a long day just keep back and relax man after yeah. after a long work day just working a 95 job and uh and putting content out here with the with my show and since since you mentioned about training i did like the post that you put up on your facebook with with the ring fgw ring tore down and then Mm -hmm. you had it put back up and then you're you're timing yourself there (laughs) yep i thought that was i may do
1: that again tomorrow actually
0: oh yeah yeah have you have you beat your time yet
1: uh well i haven't done it since that last time and uh uh, I have a I have a really old ring. It's from the 70s. It's an old studio ring. It's old wood frame with a spring in the middle. I've done a bunch of upgrades to it and stuff, but still, it, it needs. Uh, uh, it's very temperamental and it needs a lot of maintenance. So after after I train in it for a couple of days, like it, it needs to be took apart, reset, put back together, or else uh, it starts looking a little ugly.
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty good. You're you're keeping your uh, skills sharp there. I know with this with this lockdown, man, it's just it's affected everyone in some type of shape or form because I know as a performer you're not able to get in the ring there and i know it's i know it's just you're bitten at the chops to get back in the ring like everybody else have talked to here in the last few weeks but what else you've been doing with your time since uh, since everyone's been on lockdown
1: well um i mean i'm still uh essential so uh i work every day um uh, my other half shauna she works every day so i uh, try to uh I try to schedule my myself so that I work the kind of quasi the same hours that she works uh, so that, uh, you know, I can spend time with her uh, when possible. And uh, we're both, uh, I don't know, because we live together, we sleep in the same bed together. Uh, I don't feel the least bit worried going to the gym and training with her. And because I'm lucky enough to uh, have my own training school, have my own ring, um, you know, while we haven't been able to do any shows or or you know the the, the things that we really want to do or train with the rest of our friends or anything, at least her and I have been able to to go to the FGW arena and, and get in the ring and put in the hours and the work. We go uh, we go Monday through Thursday and and we spend an hour hour and a half in there and we work our butts off and, and then you know call it a day and go home and uh, you know sometimes time gets away from me and uh, and uh, I'll end up being there two, two and a half hours, whatever. Just if if, it, if it's good and we're doing it and it feels good and right, then then that's that.
0: That's that's amazing, man. It's good that you're you're staying you're staying in shape and you're you're working in the ring and keeping keeping fresh. No ring rust there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I like that. I like that. I know I when I talked a few weeks ago, I talked to Justin Dream. He did the same thing. He put a ring up there at his house there, so he can uh, not have any ring rust on him. Which I think is amazing, man, because just staying active, working out, and I noticed a lot of people's been doing that, and that that's great because you're you're taking care of yourself, and that's that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for the first uh, the first two or three weeks uh, of the shutdown. You know, we didn't do much. We did pretty much like everybody else did. We sat around, we sulked, we buried our heads. Uh, thought, oh God, what are we gonna do? And then, uh, you know, I had my my one day where I hit my brick wall and I was about to have a meltdown. And I just, I don't know, I just came to this point in my brain where I I can't change any of this. I can't fix any of this. The only thing I can do is get myself back to where I need to be. So when they give us the green light, I can hit the ground running. Um, I've always prided myself on having amazing cardio and uh, you know as far as anybody in, in our company or anybody in the surrounding areas when it comes to cardio I could run circles around people and I know uh, during the shutdown when we first went back to the school and, and started doing stuff uh, I started training with a, a bandana tied around my face which uh, cut my wind in half and I was just it was it was unreal how how much I had lost, how much of my cardio was gone, and, and the same with Shauna. You know, hers hers had, was shot too, and uh, so we just we just been really doing some seriously heavy cardio drills and 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 some wrestling too. But I'd say 75% of what we're doing is just just heavy cardio and and uh, blowing each other up and, and breathing hard and you know rest for a few minutes and get back in and, and go at it again.
0: That's am- That's amazing. That's, that's awesome that you're, you're doing that and doing the cardio because that's, that's one, of, one of the most important things when, when you do workout and you train is the cardio. And with cardio and training, your, your career as a wrestler, it it's pretty interesting looking, looking at your career and looking at where you started at and the promotions that you worked for because a lot of the guests I've talked to I'd look up their matches, and I always come across you in a match with who I was talking to here on my show. I always come across Cody Hawk. I've seen a lot of your footage here in the last few weeks of different matches, no matter if it was if I was talking with, with Shauna, or if I was talking with, with Mark, Mark Magnum, or I come across stuff with Ryan Michaels, there's Cody Hawk. There's there's Cody Hawk right there. Even Ripper Blackheart. I pulled up a match and I was talking with him about this match he did and then there's there's he was outside ringside there supporting you in a tag team match. There's Cody Hawk. There's a lot of footage and stuff I've come across which I'm kept diving in deeper and deeper looking looking at matches and stuff because it's it's amazing just your your body of work that you've done in professional wrestling and even as a trainer. But when when that how did that all start out for you when you got into wrestling
1: well i never i never set out to be a trainer that was never my goal in in life my goal was to be a wrestler my goal was to you know just like everybody else uh you know hopefully hopefully do well enough to to make it to the wwe and make some money and uh be able to retire from it and uh you know and obviously that that didn't work out quite the way i wanted it to and uh as far as the training goes uh way back uh, I want to say uh, 90 97 ish 98 ish um, uh, it was just uh, it, it was starting to be like a, a busy time for wrestling and the HWA the promotion that I started with, started to do a lot of stuff there was uh the mtv true life i'm a pro wrestler special there was a uh, a 2020 special there was an msnbc special there was several magazines so lots of stuff was happening and the guy that was my trainer Les uh, thatcher he uh he he was starting to become busier and busier with uh with all these different uh media things that he was doing so uh, myself and a couple other guys he, he would just sort of have us run class, you know, and we would just we would we would do the same drills that he did. we would run the same same training stuff that he normally ran at class and and we would get through all the workouts and and it would just sort of be me and a couple other guys that was leading everybody else and and as time went on as as uh, you know like things started to change and uh we ended up with uh, a developmental contract with it started first with WCW we had a, a one year contract with WCW and that was from uh like 2000 to 2001 and then uh, HWA got a developmental contract with uh, WWF from 2001 to 2002 and uh during that time frame from July 2001 to July 2002 uh WWF sent us Every single wrestler that got bought out in the buyouts of ECW and WCW that they were not going to use on TV. So I mean, we got we got you know Mike Sanders, we got uh, uh, Jamie Noble, we got Kaz Hayashi, Jimmy Yang, Lash LaRue, like just this amazing list of people. Uh, they had also just shut down the uh, Memphis developmental territory, and they sent us six guys from there, which was Rosie and Umaga, Charlie and Russ Haas, Lance Cade, and uh, Steve Bradley. Um, and then we had the the ECW guys, so we had you know Raven and uh, uh, Justin Credible, and uh, Tommy Dreamer and. It just, uh, just an amazing, amazing array of talent ended up at HWA. All those guys were required to come to training Monday through Friday and train in the mornings. So I don't know, ten o'clock in the morning till two in the afternoon with Les, sometimes Doctor Tom, uh, various other coaches that WWE would send down, and I was one of the few non-contract talents that they let train with them, and uh, so. We still had our whole class of non-contracted talent that we had had all along. So Les sort of put me in charge of those guys, and I would go to the day class and train there, and then I'd come to the night class and I would train all the people there in the in the evening class. Um, so as as time went on, I just I, I did more and more and more and more of the training work, and uh, you know, it just it just sort of became a thing, and then. In 2002, uh, WWE pulled the contract out out of uh, HWA, and at at that point, Les became kind of very detached from what we were doing. So I started working on a plan to buy him out, and then in 2003, I ended up buying him out, and so that that meant I was, you know, full-time booker, full-time promoter, full-time trainer, you know, owner of the company. So uh, you know, I had a couple business partners. uh, one that you have either talk to or you're going to uh, Jackson Breeze. Um, so uh, you know, we just uh, that that was it. I started training guys, and uh, you know, and I've been been very fortunate to have uh, you know a, a pretty long list of of talents come through my training class that that did very well for themselves. So you know, my reputation as a trainer has grown, uh, but largely because I had such a great cast of characters that that came through my camp.
0: Right. Right. You you've had you've had quite a bit there, Ta- especially with the HWA days. I was I was pulling up f- footage when I when I was talking to Jackson Breeze and when I found out his involvement with HWA because I asked him about promotions and stuff and he said you don't really know much about me and I said I don't and he pulled up he gave me a list of promotions and HWA there. So I started, I looked at HWA and I couldn't believe all the stuff that I found like with HWA. And one of the things I found was when you were in HWA, you feuded with uh, John Moxley quite a bit, man. And I got, I got into watching that, that footage of you guys with the rivalry you would have there in HWA. And I, I, I love it. I, I, I love what you guys did there. And I did pull up a couple matches, as I mentioned here, one with you and John Moxley at the um, Cyber Clash 2006 in the Steel Cage match, man. I loved mm-hmm. how when the bell rang, you just went after him and you just went because that story there with with Moxley at that time from what I gathered watching the footage of you, it was just you wanted to tear each other apart. Really good story, and I I got into it, especially with the finish of the match and stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's some great that's yeah. some great shit, man. That's some really good shit.
1: The, the funny thing about that is is we we feuded for a year before we got to that that cage match, and we had no, HWA had never had a cage match before.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, internet pay per views weren't really a thing yet. Like, you know, I didn't even know about it. I literally went to one of, my, uh, one of my little techie guys that wrestled for me, and I was like, hey, man, is there any way we can film a, uh, a, a show and put it on the Internet and charge people to watch it? And he was like, well, let me, let me, let me work on this. So I, I really think we were one of the very first eye-pay-per-views that ever happened. Um, uh, and, and as far as John, he was actually my roommate. He lived with me. Uh, his manager, Helena Heavenly, uh, she lived with me too. we We all shared a, a place together. And uh, you know, John and I refuted for a full year. Um, you know, he started off as as a, a babyface and and uh, I was, uh, you know, a, a babyface too, but over time he developed into a heel. And you know, just uh, kind of the same John Moxley you see today on Aew is the same kind of character that he, he portrayed back then. And and our styles and and our in-ring chemistry was just very good. So I was just like, you know, like, and at that time, I know I I was, uh, you know, one of the stronger characters in and around our area. And you know, and and from the first day I met John and and saw what he brought to the table, wrestling-wise, and his knowledge for the business, I was like, you know, this kid's gonna make a lot of money someday. He's so, you know, so we, you know, we. It, it was very easy for us to to have the, the matches that we had and the storyline. You know, we'd sit at home, we'd have a few drinks, we'd talk ideas, bounce the thoughts off each other, and then, you know, we'd go go to the, to the HWA arena and we'd apply those things. And I kind of, you know, gave him, you know, uh, free reign. Hey, like, th- this is the end game. This is what we want to get to. But uh, how we get there, I, I don't really care how we get there. I just want as much heat as possible when we get there. and. Uh, you know, our little building only held uh, 100 people. Uh, we sold the tickets at, uh, I want to say we sold tickets at $15 a pop for that show. And, um, you know, they sold out in like 10 minutes. Like, we released Damn. them one night at, at one of the shows, and they were gone before, before intermission. You know, all, all the seats were sold. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> the people wanted to see it, and it was John's first cage match. I think I maybe had had one or two cage matches at that point. Right. Um, and it was just, you know, like, and we're main eventing a show that <clears throat> had all these incredible matches on it. And it was a long night, a four hour show. Uh, you know, there'd already been a, uh, a TLC match on there and, and, and just a bunch of other really good stuff. So like, you know, what, what are we going to do? Uh, well, we're going to go out there and we're just going to, you know, pull the governor off and we're going to, we're going to just kill each other.
0: You you practically did, man. Especially especially when when he took the turnbuckle apart there and he applied it to you, man. And then you turned it back around to him and you started whipping his ass with it. I was like, damn, man. And then everything just started coming into play there towards the end of that match there. And I like how you got out, but they didn't see you get out. You get back in, try to get the ref up. You're like, come on, I'm. It's like, and then you're trying to get out, and then he gets out, and the ref was like, oh he's out and he didn't even see you. i was like oh man it's just i love the finish of that match it was just i it left me wanting more man it left me wanting yeah. more <laughs>
1: yeah so, some funny details about that that match is uh we we had planned to go through the floor of the ring like uh-huh. we we had uh we had an old wcw ring and, and those rings are made completely out of wood um, we had some broken boards in it and we were like. You know, the two of us brainstorming. We thought we could do a bump off the top of the cage, and we would we could go through the floor of the ring if we took some of the the, the woodwork out from underneath the ring. So right. when uh, when I was having my crew set the cage up, a couple of my wrestlers, uh, you know, put some black hoodies on, carried a cage piece piece out, and then they slipped under the ring, and nobody seen them under the ring. So like during our match, there's actually two guys under the ring during the entire match, and at some point, the the manager Helena on the floor tells the guys underneath okay it's time and they're down there with ratchets taking bolts out of the floor of the ring and and taking woodwork out of the floor of the ring and then we did uh muscle buster off the 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 i was standing on the top rope he was on the top of the cage and we hit and we were expecting to go through the floor of the ring and and we didn't we just bounced and uh you know all that work and preparation and (laughs) didn't work and
0: i was so mad you had to improvise there but I it, it turned out great for the finish though. What you guys had to do to improvise it it turned out great. I I definitely enjoyed it. That's one that that would have to be one of my favorite uh, favorite matches of yours there against John Moxley. And I pulled up another one that was prior to that with you and uh, him in 2004. I pulled up that match there, and it was uh, where he had he had uh, his person outside the ring there and she interfered she tripped your leg you're like "Uh uh-uh so you walk to the back there and the commentator's like what's cody hawk doing and then you come back out with another girl and had her at ringside with you to make sure to even up the score there. So just in case you know she tries anything on you again, you have backup, which I thought was brilliant, man. I I love that because it was just unexpected at the moment there, and that was that was a pretty good match there. How how that ended with the uh, distractions and uh, everyone coming in and just whipping each other's ass there. <laughs> that was that was great. And then another match I pulled up was an older match when um you were that you were known as they were refer- referring to you as the, the dude the surfer because of your look and um everything mm. that you had there and john had much longer hair at the time and he had like blue and white like trunks on and that was a pretty good match just the chemistry just with you guys in the ring i enjoyed that because you you would pace the match differently when you were in the ring. If, if you were really wanting to kill each other, go at each other, it was more of a grudge match type feel to it. And if you're in there just wrestling and just how you paced yourself and I, I, I love how, how you work in the ring there. It's fantastic, man.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. And, I pulled up another match here with HWA. I pulled up a lot of HWA stuff. Pepper Parks with Moxley on commentary. I was laughing at Moxley on the commentary there in Pepper Parks. Um, I was laughing especially that part when you try to sunset flip him, I believe, and you pulled his uh, <laughs> his uh, trunks down, and the audience got a, a clear, you know, view of almost half his ass <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was pretty good. I that was really the first time I actually seen Pepper Pepper Parks wrestle. I mean, he was he was great in the ring, what you guys did it's, in that match.
1: It's kind of crazy because I put that group of guys together and we called them the Moxley crew. Uh-huh. And it was it was John Moxley, it was Eli Drake, and it was Sammy Callahan, and uh and Pepper Parks. And, you know, and then you look at all four of those guys today and you know, they all have significant careers in the wrestling business.
0: Yeah, they, they, they definitely, they definitely have, man. I mean, they've, uh, they've, they've uh, grabbed that brass ring there, and they've, they've run with it, man. They've, they've yeah. succeeded in, uh, in, in professional wrestling. It's, it's, it's. But like great. I said,
1: I, I've, have been really lucky. I had guys like that come through the camp, you know, and I, I have had, uh, you know, plenty of other guys, you know. Drew Skills, uh, he's he's another guy that came through my camp that's had a, a good amount of success, and uh, another girl named Haley Hatred, uh, and, and she had a ton of success over in Japan, uh, you know, and and then uh, you know tons of tons of people that never reached that level, but but have you know fulfilled a dream, right? They, you know that was their dream. That's what they, they came to me and said, "This is my dream. I want to be a pro wrestler." you know, and I made them pro wrestlers, and, you know, some of them never made it to WWE, they never made it to any of the bigger companies, but they got to be on shows, they got to wrestle in front of hundreds, sometimes thousands of people, you know, and live their dream, you know, and uh, at some point, HWA sort of, you know, kind of went under, and that was that was the end of it, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, I kind of got away from training for a minute, and I just, you know, I the The well sort of went dry on those good talents that were coming through, Uh, you know. And it it was it was some years before I ended up with another guy, you know, named Ron Mathis, who reached a pretty good level of success doing death matches at CZW. Mm -hmm. Um, But but then after him, you know, like yeah, I had some kids that were were pretty good and were you know possibly gonna you know make a little bit of money, but not make great money. And Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really have another. A student that I saw really making it a huge impact in the wrestling world till Shauna Reed came along, and that was uh, you know I want to say two thousand fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in that area. So you know, and and uh, you know she's been with me for the last four four years, uh, you know, four and a half years working on her career, and you know. I'm I ever hopeful that she's gonna be that next one that I can add to that list of people who got a contract and is uh, you know, gonna gonna be happy and, and live a, a well life in the wrestling business.
0: Right. Right. When I when I had her on a few weeks ago, I noticed a big difference in her wrestling from a year from when I last talked to her and watching matches of hers up until now. Big big difference, man. Big difference and that that match she had with Logan Blackheart, that's would to, to me is like my top favorite Shauna Reed match right there because I I just she she put it all out there and he did too and it was just it was just a great really great match with a great story behind it and everything with that.
1: Two, two of my favorite two of my favorites you know like uh, Logan uh, I mean obviously you you uh, you interviewed Ripper Blackheart so that's uh, you know Logan's dad. Yeah. Um, and I, I've known Ripper for, for years, uh, and he came to me and Logan was, uh, 15 years old and he said, Hey, uh, we, we train my kid. And I said, yeah, man, i totally, uh, you know, and he was a, you know, a, a pudgy little 15 year old kid. Uh, you know, he hadn't developed into his adult body yet. He, he had, you know, he was just a kid and, uh, and Shauna, you know, she was, you know, uh, part of, part of that class too. Uh, uh, I believe that was when she was coming back from her injury, and you know, and they they trained together and they worked together, and they they literally became like brother and sister uh, in in the wrestling training, and you know, they pushed each other. And then, uh, you know, I I had a, a an assistant trainer that worked with me a lot. His name was uh, Super Zeta, and he would come back and forth from America to Mexico. He'd come do six months here, go back to Mexico for six months there, back and forth, back and forth, and. You know, when he when he came back to to training, you know, he he would come in and he would train and he would judge people and he would be like, this person sucks, I'm not doing anything with them. <laughs> this person sucks, I'm not doing anything with. But this person, hey uh, Cody, he called me Senior Hawk. He'd say, Senior Hawk, uh, what do you think about this person? And I'd say, you know, uh, that person's got it. They they try, they put effort in. He's like, okay, I I help with them. You know, and yeah and he took Shauna under his wing, he took Logan under his wing and and a, and a couple other kids that he took under his wing. but those were his two real main project pieces and uh, right. you know and he gave them a whole nother vocabulary. They were catching a style, a lucha style plus an American style, which kind of gave them a unique perspective of the wrestling business. yeah, Victor you know he would super Zeta, he would do his time in Mexico, he would do his time in, in America. And uh, once he figured out who my good kids were, who he wanted to put his effort into and his time and energy into, uh, and he really worked hard with them. And, and he gave them a, uh, a unique opportunity to n- not only be uh, taught in the American style of wrestling, but they also got to learn a lucha style of wrestling. So for, for me as a trainer, it was really cool because I had some of my kids that were that – were, they, they were kind of becoming like hybrids you know like they were they were catching an american style and a lucha style so they were starting to intermingle these and in the things that they were doing in the ring and i was really digging it because you know in today's day and age in wrestling where everything's been done so much uh, here you got this whole group of kids that's uh... that's, that's catching a whole new style you know and and like I said, Lo, uh, Logan Blackheart and Shauna Reed; those were his two main projects, and he put more time, effort, and energy into both of them. Uh, and, and when he passed on, it, you know, it, it devastated me. It devastated Shauna. It devastated Logan. It, it devastated our whole company. Right. But I'd say, you know, it, it it hit some of us a lot harder than it hit others. Um, you know, and uh, so so for me, uh, you know, when we we started. The you know the the thought and the idea of doing this Super Zeta tournament like it was a no-brainer to me. I was like I already knew the final before I even knew who else was going to be in the tournament. I already knew the final, and uh, and and at that point I also knew that that Logan uh, was uh, you know just about to to be done with wrestling. Uh, you know he's he's 21, 22 years old now, and uh, he's really you know he's eyeball deep in college and. Uh, you know, he's a super smart kid, and, uh, you know, he's going to put wrestling on the back burner for a while. So I knew he was coming up on the end of it. So it was just like, okay, this, this is the perfect scenario, and it's all lining up. And just, excuse me, it just so happened that Logan's last show was going to be our one-year anniversary show. Right. And, uh, you know, and that was when we were going to do the final to the Super Zeta tournament. So I got a hold of Logan and I asked him, you know, I laid the whole, you know, the whole scenario out for him. And he was like, God, I, I would love to do that. I'd be honored to do that. And I, I told Shauna about it and, you know, and I'd say, uh, uh, Zeta's death probably hit her harder than it hit anyone else in our, in our whole company. Right. Um, and she was, you know, uh, while she was crying and super sad to, to be a part of it, she was super, um, happy to be a part of it. And, uh, you know and I, I I gave them plenty of time uh, to to tell their story and and to to do what they wanted to do and uh, you know he, here you go here's an empty canvas you all go out there and you paint the picture and you make Zeta proud and that's all I want from you you, you guys it's it's on you you do what you gotta do I don't even care how long you take if you take five minutes if you take ten minutes if you take 20 minutes you guys go do what you need to do and uh and and you know, for for two people that have been in the business, you know, less than you know, four or five years, uh, I I, w- I couldn't have been more happy with them.
0: That's amazing, man. I I'd say, yeah, you. I mean, just looking looking at that match and looking at everything that at everything they threw at each other in that match and. Just from start to finish, it told a really good story, and that's that's why I like that match there because of the story behind it and everything that went in with it to produce that match there. Just had to be one of my top top favorite ones, and I'll be able to hear pretty soon. I'll be able to. Watch that match along with a lot of other ones there on the Origins Two DVD because it's um, as I'm speaking to you right now, it's being shipped to me, <laughs> so I'm I, happy. I
1: saw the message. I saw the message earlier.
0: Yeah, man, that 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 was amazing. Uh, yeah, I I was hit up there and it was like, hey, it's being shipped out to you, and I was like,
1: when you dive yeah. when you dive into that one and uh, you get to the second disc, you'll have to let me know what you think of me and Drew's Skills okay because uh, drew drew is a uh, another one of my uh, i call him a kid but he's been in the business you know damn near 20 years now and uh you know and, and he's one of those guys that uh you know he didn't quite make it to the level of a wwe or an AEW, but he's made a hell of a name for himself in the wrestling business uh, uh there's a promotion out of uh, indiana called heroes and legends uh-huh. uh he he held their their heavyweight title for I don't know some ridiculous amount of time, and uh, you know if you look up in uh, in record books of of title reigns, he's like number three or four in longest title reigns, uh, you know world title reigns ever. So you know, uh, and and him and I did a uh, tremendous storyline on in there that lasted eight months, eight months of him just showing up, beating my brains in, and I never saw him coming every time he just show up. Yeah. and uh you know we 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 did the uh, the story with Shauna breaking up with me and and leaving me and and, and so Cody Hawk just literally hit rock bottom and, and drew skills was there to just destroy me and uh and when you watch the match like you know send me a message give me a little feedback and tell me uh now that you know a little bit behind the story you know how the end product uh, comes across
0: yeah I I, I definitely am because Watch watching FGW Shockwave, man, that's that that's amazing because I I got furloughed back last month and I'm sitting here like, what am I gonna do with my time? I, I got this there, but when I'm away from this, I, I like to sit back and I like to you know watch 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 some TV, watch some wrestling, and just here lately, I just like two months ago, I just felt that. WWE just wasn't cutting it for me it's like I needed I needed wrestling I needed something for me so Mm -hmm. first place I looked was on YouTube I pulled up my YouTube channel who am I subscribed to at the top sitting right there man FGW and I said you know what I've watched it but not watched it close like I did I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna start it from the beginning, episode one, and hit all through 24. So I sat there, I binge watched it in between fighting over the TV at my daughter trying to watch Frozen. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I, I I sat there and I I watched I binge watched the FGW and right, I, it's like I sat, really sat down. You know how you can watch wrestling, but if you really sit down and really watch it, you're taken in by it. And I was I was taken in by FGW Shockwave because I've never seen anything like this before, and I knew of like how FGW had a shaky start coming, you know, being able to run there in Hamilton because of uh, the petition that um, was signed to that was made for that for FGW to run there. And Robin Nelson I, I'm I've been friends with him for the last few years, so or about two or three years, actually. And he he hit me up and said, hey, can you, sign, can you take a look at this and sign it? And I looked at it, and it was for FGW, for running in Hamilton. So I read it, and I looked, and I was like, you know what? This town wants wrestling. They're going to get wrestling. I'm putting my name on the list. So I signed a petition for you guys to run. Well, thank you. We <laughs> appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, when... When put my name on that, and then when you guys were able to run and stuff, I felt like I was like, I I did something for a really good promotion, and what the talent has there, and yourself, and everybody, and it's it's taken off. And looking at the product, you only think it's only been, it's been running for years, but only a year because of how well it it is. It's taken me back to the old cable access days were the studio days of, like, an NWA. Mm-hmm. Where, where Friday, you know how Friday and Saturday night, you'd be flipping through channels and after the news. You're like, hey, what's on? And all of a sudden, you got local wrestling. It's like you sit there and watch it, man. I love that. I love that yeah. feeling and atmosphere of it, man.
1: Well, that's what I grew up on. I grew up on studio wrestling and watching that. And, uh, you know, and, and being a part of HWA, we did studio wrestling at HWA, and I worked for OVW and they did studio wrestling there so like that's just how I came up in the business that's how I learned that's that's what my bread and butter so and um, and I knew that's what I wanted to do at H uh, at FGW uh, once once we got it there it was just a matter of, of uh you know finding all the right pieces to the puzzle you know because we we started out in uh, you know February of, of last year and we didn't have the capability of putting together a TV show. We didn't have camera equipment. We didn't have people to edit the footage. We didn't. We didn't have anything. You know. We just. Right. We recorded some matches here and there on. Uh, you know, a little bit. But then uh, I know you just did uh, did one of these uh, interviews with Michael Neary, Yes. And uh, you know, when he came on board, uh, he brought you know his camera equipment and his uh, his knowledge of, of editing skills and stuff. Um, but at that point, he had never done wrestling, so you know he's learning on the fly too. Uh, you know, and ninety percent of my roster had never done any form of TV or studio type wrestling. You know, so everybody was just learning on the fly. So we didn't actually start doing the Shockwave episodes till we were like six months into, you know, already running shows. Right. So, so you know, it was just uh, it was a huge learning curve for everybody, and uh, you know, and. But thankfully, all the all the pieces fell into place, and uh, everything has happened the way you know the, the way I envisioned it. And and that, that was really my my only goal ever when we when we started FGW was uh let's get this this let's get this up and running let's make this a viable TV show we'll start out on uh, on YouTube or cable access or, or something that doesn't cost us any money. Uh, we're going to build a fan base. We're going to b- build a following, and uh, you know, once we get uh, get our numbers where we want them to be, then we're going to go approach a network, and we're going to see if a network will take us. Even if they don't pay us, if we can get on network TV, even if it's at twelve o'clock on a Friday night, like I'll take it. You know, it's a foot in the door. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at HWA we started out that same way, and eventually we made it onto the America One network. And that put us in 148 cities coast to coast, and we were getting paid for it. I mean, I was getting, you know, I owned HWA at the time. We were getting checks, you know, every week because of the commercials that were in our TV show. Right. And, uh, you know, and so that's just been my goal is to get FGW to that point. Um, I'm old now, and... Uh, uh, you know, I still got a lot of miles left in the tank, but there's also another part of me. It's like, damn, I'm I am ready to move to Florida and and live that retired lifestyle and uh, push Shauna to the moon and uh, you know just do old people stuff for myself. Uh, you know, uh, so that 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 was what I told Brian, the owner of FGW. I'm like, hey, you know, we're gonna get here. We're gonna do this. So these are the goals. This is what I want to do. But at, at some point, I'm gonna leave. Yeah. You know. Uh. So. Uh, I booked all of uh, FGW shows all the way up to the Origins show, uh, and then uh, I let uh, somebody else, uh, Ripper Blackheart, took over at at Origins, and uh, I was going to let him run the show for the next six months, because I knew at some point I would be leaving, and somebody was going to have to take over my job, and there was only a handful of people there that I trusted with, with stories, and, you know, Jackson, and, and Ripper, and... Few other people uh, that have been around for you know 17, 18, 19, 20 years. Uh, those are the people I feel comfortable putting putting the pencil in their hand and the paper in front of them to to come up with a plan and, and stories and angles and matches. Um, and then unfortunately, uh, you know, a, a month into to him writing shows, we get shut down. Uh, the coronavirus takes over the world and we're done and we're out and. Uh, you know, I was going to take back over riding the shows in August, um, but uh, at, at this point, uh, the word I just got today was uh, that uh, the gyms in Ohio uh, are not going to open until I think the end of May. I think May twenty ninth. Right. And then the, the the word I'm getting from uh, some people around that are related somehow loosely acquainted with the athletic commission in Ohio is. That uh, we may not be able to run shows till at least five weeks after that, so that puts us into the middle of July before Damn. you know before we can run shows. Um, and I, I, I truthfully don't know if we'll make it, you know, because uh, w- we have a building that we have to pay rent on. We have to pay rent on that building every month, regardless of whether there are shows going on or not. Right. And uh, you know, right now we're. We're several thousand dollars already in the hole for back rent money because that's just just the way it is, you know. And yeah. thank God the, the landlords are being cool with us, and uh, you know they're they're uh, you know not charging us full price, only charging us half rent. But still, at the end of the day, they need their money to make their mortgage payment. Um, so. You know, it's just we've just been put in a horrible situation, and uh, you know, and it's not just us; it's it's all of wrestling. You know, yeah. we 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 saw how many people got let go from WWE in the past few weeks. Uh, you know, I, I guarantee you that uh, half those people that got let go, if uh, we would be doing business as normal, they wouldn't have got let go. Yeah, you know, WWE is restructuring and and changing too because because just like all of us, they're they're trying to keep as much money as they can Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's 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 true man i mean yeah the the independent wrestling business man is taking a hit and they're they're trying they're they're trying they're doing a lot of stuff on social media trying to let people know it's like hey we have not gone anywhere we're we're still here with talent cutting promos or as with the with fgw's been doing man they've been you guys been doing some interesting stuff there with uh, with the social distancing video, man. <laughs> I got a kick out of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I just literally, I've got I, I've got Neri who does uh, the editing uh, for us, and then uh, I, have, uh, I have a couple other people that do uh, editing work for us, um, and like it's just like I've given each one of them a project. I came up with an idea. Uh, you know the the don't rush video that was all Shauna. She came up with that uh, that concept. Uh, you know she's been playing with TikTok a lot and she got that. And I was like, I love it, man. And and guess what? That's your project. You put that one together because uh, she's one of the people that's been helping with video editing. Um, you know, uh, I've always told all my students, hey, uh, if you're gonna be in the wrestling business, you might as well learn how to do as many jobs as possible. Because WWE might not hire you to be a wrestler, but they might hire you to be a video editor. They might hire you to be a referee. They might hire you to run music. Who knows? So learn as many jobs in the wrestling business as you possibly can, because you, you get in where you fit in, man. And so you know, that was her video. And, uh, you know, then there was the, uh, the social distance fight video that we did, uh, which, which I, I I thoroughly loved. I I don't know if you got to see this week's video, which was Brian's daydream. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That one I came up with one night. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was heavily intoxicated and, uh, (laughs) I said, man, I, I, I got this idea for a video and, and it's a dream sequence so I got out a note a piece of paper and I started writing and I, I I started with Brian in the center and then I connected me to Brian and I connected somebody else to me and I just kept connecting people to people and eventually it looked like a giant spider web and then I I gave it to uh, ripper because you know he's the one writing the shows I gave it to him and I said hey uh, I, I want to do this video and I need you to help me write it and um, you know and he put together all the uh, all the verbiage that was used in it, all the scenarios and everything, and then uh, you know one of my other kids, uh, Ronnie, uh, he put the video together. So you know between Shauna and Ronnie and David and Neri, I've got uh, I've got a hell of a good little video team put together now. And uh, you know and and ha- luckily uh, when we film Shockwave, uh, it's filmed on Friday nights, and Friday Night Fury is a two-hour show, but Shockwave is only a one-hour show. So there are lots of matches that we record, and they still have commentary put in them, but they're uh, dark matches. Yeah. And uh, so thank God we had all that footage in, in the in the in the vault, so to speak, and uh, we've been able to keep throwing up different kind of best of episodes every week. But I was like, man, the best of episodes are great, but we need current footage. We need new stuff, new content every week, stuff that just is intriguing, that's different, that. So I'm like we we got to do these group videos and yeah and and truthfully I've been having a blast with them and uh you know they've been coming out great I think I love them every one of them that we've done I've I've totally loved and uh you know I'm actually I sort of I've said I've made the comment to a few people like I'm actually having more fun with these videos than actual wrestling shows
0: <laughs> They're 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 fun man it, it's something different it's something different. It's, it's you get to see a different, different type of side of the talent from FGW, and it's it's neat how that you're doing something creative and that's uh, it's keeping fresh in people's minds when they're going through their feed and looking at oh FGW what's this and they click on it and watch it. They're laughing, they're liking, commenting, and just giving that feedback, and that's, yeah, in a way, that's another interaction with fans too, which is great.
1: I I, I have another uh, I have another plan in my head now. I don't know if we'll be able to pull it off or not, but uh, me being the trainer there at, at FGW and uh, being the guy who's always bitching at people to uh, to watch their diets and go to the tanning bed, I, I kind of want to do a video where. Uh, where uh like we drop in on each one of the wrestlers where they're either you know eating terrible food or they're drinking too much and and a little little window pops up right over their shoulder and it's me going i wouldn't do that if i were you like (laughs) nah 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 like you know (laughs)
0: that's that's pretty that's that's pretty good. Or you do something where they're sitting there and they're getting ready to eat something or do something that they're not supposed to, and you come flying in through the door or something. And you're like, "Hey, it's just like what did I tell you." Yeah. <laughs> that would yep. that would that would be great. Yeah, that would be definitely great. I I I've enjoyed the product, and I you can't wait. I'm itching like like yourself there and everybody else to for new FGW and I just just gonna have to sit back and wait and uh, like everybody else and I've so far I've I've enjoyed everything from it, man. I mean, there's nothing nothing more I could say. I mean, production wise, storyline wise, wrestling wise, just a great product, and I like FGW Shockwave. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on their YouTube channel, there, Future Great Wrestling, and
1: appreciate you plugging us and putting us over. And like I said, kudos to to my whole video team because we put all that together every week on a budget of about thirty-seven cents.
0: Really? <laughs> 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 yeah, Mike Michael Neary told me when I, when I talked to him last uh, this week when I when I told him. I, I said uh, I enjoy everything that you do with putting the, putting everything together and stuff. And he 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 works like a he works like a madman when he's doing that between teaching yeah. and doing everything for FGW. It's just it's it's crazy. I mean, it's just it's just he he does a lot, man. He does a lot, yeah. and that's you're lucky to have him, man. You were definitely lucky yeah. to have
1: him. I I'm constantly putting him over and, and trying to thank him and make him feel good about everything there because uh, you know. Right, right now, uh, you know this shutdown is bad, but losing him would be crippling to us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because with him learning everything on the fly, and just as as progression, what I've noticed with the progression of FGW and stuff, it just it's gotten better and better and better, and it's going to keep getting better and better because with what he does and stuff, and it it's everything just works so well together there because with with wrestlers and with you behind the scenes and just with Michael editing everything and stuff, it's a well-oiled machine that's doing really good.
1: Thank you very much, man. glad you
0: like it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I, when I was looking up footage of you and stuff, looking up the matches that we talked about earlier, I came upon your induction to the Collar Alley Club. And... I was I was watching that there with um, John Moxley coming out and doing a speech and stuff I I love the speech that he gave for you and uh, I loved how he's like well I owe him this much though since I'm up here we'll could we'll just call him we'll call it even I thought that was that was great really really great speech and then you came up and I love the speech that you gave and uh, thanking everyone and just just telling a little bit about where where your journey started to at that point there i thought it thought it was really great man and uh i just want to say congratulations on having an award like that man
1: yeah thank you man like cauliflower alley i don't know how much you know about cauliflower alley but uh you know it's a it's a really uh amazing organization uh they 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 take care of wrestlers man uh wrestlers and uh uh, fighters boxers uh, if they fall on some sort of hard times be it for uh, medical reasons or uh, you know drugs and alcohol or, or, or whatever when, when somebody uh, starts to spiral down a, a bad road cauliflower alley uh, likes to throw a lifeline out and, and help uh, people get back on their feet get back going in the right direction and uh, you know I've been uh, I've been going to Cauliflower Alley uh, out in Las Vegas. That's, uh, I mean, it's a year round company, but they have their big convention out in Vegas every year in the spring, which we, by the way, were supposed to be at a couple weeks ago, uh, but it got canceled and uh, it's now uh, been postponed till uh, September. Um, but, uh, you, you know, you yourself doing a little wrestling media stuff, you know, it, it's something I highly recommend. Uh, because uh it's just it's a it's a few days of uh number one it's Las Vegas uh you know uh, but but number two uh there are wrestlers there from all over the world there are wrestlers there that you grew up watching there are wrestlers there that you've never heard of uh you know it's just a couple of days uh of of eating and mingling and making connections and uh you know shaking hands and thanking people for their time in the business and uh, it's just it's, it's really fun and, and really cool, and uh, they, they gave me that award, and the Caulfield Alley's been around since the 60s, and uh, I'm they had, had only given that award out uh, two other times at that point. I'm, I was the third person to win that award, uh, you know, in, in, geez, you know, in, in 50 years, I was the third person to win that trainer's award. Uh, the, the other winners was Ron Hutchins, who trained Edge and Christian. You know, uh, you know some of those other people uh, that came out of Canada, and then the other one was uh, 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 Steve Turn, who you know ran FCW out of uh, out of Florida and produced uh, a lot of the early uh, NXT talent and stuff. Uh, and then there's me, you know. And I was just like, wow, you know, how did I get here? Like, how did I how did I end up in this room? How do I end up on a stage? With uh, John Moxley presenting me the award, JJ Dillon, Dylan announcing me, uh, the the table right directly in front of me uh, has Jim Ross at it, Jerry Lawler at it, Jerry Briscoe at it. Uh, you know, the table behind him has Rob Van Dam and The Godfather and Greg Valentine, and I, I'm just like, how did I get here? Like, you know, and and. When I gave my speech, it was a couple times during the uh, thing that the that the whole crowd popped for me and, and gave me applause. And then when it was all said and done, and I and I said my final thank you and left the stage, all 500 people in the room stood up and gave me a standing ovation. And I was just like, I, you know, my mom and dad were there. They they uh, had never been to Vegas before, so it was really cool to get them out there. And you know, uh, I had my own personal table there at the thing, and uh, sitting at my table, you know, was you know, Shauna, of course, and my mom and dad, uh, John Moxley, Eli Drake, uh, you know, uh, Sean Casey, and, and uh, uh, you know, a couple of my friends, from, uh, you know, real close uh, wrestling friends. And, uh, you know, like at one point uh, in the night during the, during the, uh, the dinner portion of it uh, Kevin Sullivan made his way over to the table and he put his hand on my shoulder and right in front of my mom and dad just put me over like a million bucks just talked about how great my speech was and how humble I was and all this and I was just like I was almost in tears I'm like you know you kind of live for those moments for somebody to put you over like that in front of your mom and dad because I mean I you know I'm just one of those people who's like kind of lived my life trying to uh make my mom and dad happy and trying to make them you know i I know they're proud of me but i always want to make them more proud of me so it was just it was just one of those one of those awesome moments you know
0: yeah that's that's amazing man that's that that's amazing that um you got the award and your family and friends and just people that you've helped like eli drake and john moxley and their wrestling career was there to share that with you. That's, that's amazing, man. I I love that man. Congratulations again on that.
1: Thanks so much, man.
0: You're welcome. And talking with a lot of FGW talent, they've, they've said over the last few weeks, they've, they've told me it's like, you need to get Cody on, you need to get Cody on. And that all of them told me, you need to reach out to Cody Hawk and get him on your show because he, he has some stories, when we were with us wrapping this up here, Jackson Breeze told a funny ribbing story with you and him with chocolate candies. You probably know which one I'm talking about there. Oh, <laughs> you, yeah. you watched the episode, I bet. <laughs> now, what kind of what kind of funny rib have you been in or been on the receiving end of that comes to mind there?
1: <laughs> I, I've been I've been very fortunate and lucky that nobody really ever ribs me because they know I will destroy them. Um, you know, uh, I, I have uh, and 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 the ribs that I used to play back in the uh, late '90s and early 2000s, I can't really play those same kind of ribs anymore because I don't know. We're just in a different day and age and time, and I'm I'm not going to go to jail for drugging somebody or, uh, you know, I'm not going to have somebody sue me because I put X lax in their, in their, you know, in their dinner or something. Um, <laughs> I want to all the time, but you know, i am just not. It's, it's just a different day and age. But, uh, yeah. back, back then when I was ribbing people all the time, X lax pills and, um, uh, uh, what is the other shit called? Uh, uh why can't i think what it's called uh ambisol. the stuff you put on your teeth or gums for for toothaches uh-huh. i used to carry a a bottle of that in my bag all the time and i'd just walk around the locker room and i'd i'd put Ambisol on the rims of people's uh water bottles or their straws or their drinks <laughs> and you know i just i'd go do it nonchalantly and go sit back down in my chair and then just watch people like pull on their lips and and you know question what's going on why is their face feel funny and <laughs> Uh, that, uh, that rip that you're talking about with Jackson, man, that was, uh, that one, that was one of the pretty epic ones where we, we dosed, uh, I don't know, probably at least 10 to 15 or so wrestlers with uh, Dolkalax chocolate chew candies uh, that we, uh, we hid in the wrappers of Hershey's chocolate chunk candies. <laughs> and uh you know we had we had gotten a ho- we had gotten a hotel and we had gotten all the rooms for all the boys and we had all the key cards before we gave them out to all the boys so we just went and put two x Lac or two uh Dol-Galax chocolate chews dressed up in hershey's chocolate chunk wrappers on all the pillows <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know we told a couple select people hey don't eat the chocolate because uh it's not chocolate and uh but everybody did, and then the next day we had another show. The next day we had done a five-day tour of Ohio, and the next day it was like, you know, a, a standing line at, at the shitter because everybody was <laughs> everybody was hating it. We just went <laughs> over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that is great man i i was i was like i would not think of think of jackson breeze doing something like that but when he's with cody hawk anything's possible <laughs> yeah
1: we had a we had a christmas party at, at hwa i want to say maybe about 2001 or two uh no 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 it was maybe about 2003 or four uh we had a christmas party and i brought uh i brought two dozen chocolate chip cookies and uh, I just walked around, and whispered in a couple of people's ears, "Don't eat the cookies uh, <laughs> because they had like three boxes of laxatives in it." <laughs> <You
0: know>? <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Damn, that is great, man. That is great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I wanna. I wanna thank you for taking time out tonight and uh, coming on here and uh, talking, talking with me. And uh, Sorry about that audio technical difficulty, which um, people looking back at this, you won't see, not unless on a blooper re- reel, later down the road on the Everett Lee show, because I got plenty of those, man. I got plenty of those.
1: <laughs> well, if they do, they'll just see a lot of me doing sign language to you, because uh <laughs> We are experiencing technical difficulties.
0: Yeah. It's that mixer there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to do something with it there. I'm going to have to rearrange some stuff anyway. I may after episode 200, I may, or f- right before 200 rearrange some stuff around here anyway. So some stuff may change, but I, you sp-
1: know, I, I suggest getting on some of those bidding sites every now and again, you'll, you'll see a mixer float through on one of those bidding sites. Uh, you know, we ended up getting a, a mixer for FGW uh, for twenty two dollars. So, yeah. um, you know, it just you know sometimes you get lucky.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I've had this mixer here, this inbox, this mini inbox. I've had it since twenty fourteen. I've had this uh, Sterling Audio mic since twenty fourteen, and I just I love this love this mic and that condenser. I guess I I have a habit of when I have something. I use it until it breaks down, especially like a vehicle. I had an old, I had, a, I had an old '84 Chevy Cavalier. Man, I tell you, I drove that thing until it could not shift no more. <laughs> I drove it till the yeah. my dad said, "Son, you drove it till the damn tires fell off," which they almost did. Then that's what yeah. I, I just uh,
1: earlier this year, I had to part ways with my old Chevy Silverado pickup truck that had. Uh, uh well over 200,000 miles on it and had been to about 35 or 40 states uh, all around the country uh and it it was sad to see it go up on a flatbed and drive away but it was just she wasn't reliable no more and i just i i, I couldn't i couldn't be taking three and four and five and six hour road trips and and worry about uh, getting stranded on the highway in the middle of the night or some back road out in the middle of nowhere
0: yeah yeah definitely definitely but I, I get a product I use the hell out of it until I'm pretty much done with it. But <laughs> I I do do again want to thank you for coming on here. And where can people find more of Cody Hawk on social media? At
1: well, uh, you can uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook. It's wrest uh, I think it's Wrestler Cody Hawk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Cody F N Hawk, all one word. Um, I don't use the Twitter too much though. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. That one is Cody Hawk One O N E. Cody Hawk One. Uh, you can uh, you can uh, go to uh, YouTube and you can look up the Future Great Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, there's a lot of Cody Hawk on there. Uh, you can uh, just YouTube Cody Hawk. You'll find all kinds of stuff uh, on on uh, on me there. Um, uh, that's uh, that's that's pretty much about it for the the social media and ways to find me there. Uh, you know, you can always you can always touch base with me on any of those platforms, and uh, you know, and I'm generally not uh, one of those guys that just. Uh, uh, doesn't respond to people, you know. I generally give people a, a response unless uh, I deem them to be an idiot, and then uh, I, I, you won't have to worry about that because I'll block you, and then you won't uh, won't be a part of my system anymore anyway. Um, but uh, you know, uh, if anybody's listening or watching and uh, they want to they want to you know check out some of my stuff or uh, reach out got questions about the wrestling business or training or uh, what it takes to be a wrestler or advice or anything like that, then you definitely. Uh, contact me and uh you know we'll see uh, see how that goes
0: (laughs) nice nice i do i do want to do want to mention here that uh you got some merch on pro wrestling Tees, there don't you you got some pretty um, pretty cool shirts there
1: pro wrestling Tees backslash cody hawk uh yeah there's uh there's probably about uh i don't know probably like at at least 10 to 12 designs on there for t-shirts uh I do have uh, some other T-shirts that are not on there that you just gotta uh, message me if you want those shirts. Um, uh, just because I just didn't put those on pro wrestling tees. Um, so yeah, you know if you want some Cody Hawk merch, reach out to me or reach out to Pro Wrestling Tees and uh, and buy a shirt.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. And that's it for the Everly Show and Podcasting Network your top source for independent podcasting. Head over to podcastc.net for great content and great shows over on the website. Hit them up on Facebook, Podcast City Network. Give them a thumbs up and a follow. Send them a tweet over on Twitter, at Podcast City Net. Subscribe to their YouTube channel for video podcast over on Podcast City Network and on Twitch, Podcast City Network. You want more Everett Lee? then hit me up on Facebook. Give me a thumbs up and a follow, Everett Lee Show. Twitter, at TheEverettLoreScoreLee. Instagram, Everett Lee Show. And audio portions of this podcast and previously released podcast, head over to YouTube, The Everett Lee Show, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Podbeam, and iHeartRadio. Everyone have a good evening and a good week, and I'll see everyone again. On another episode of the Everett Lee Show. When I need a logo or graphic design done to make my shit stand out from all the rest, I use three count design. Three count design offers a wide range of graphic design products, video photography, and other forms of media. Everything from t-shirt designs to websites. For more information, head over to Facebook.com slash three countdesign. That is Facebook.com slash three countdesign. When I want to kick back a few cold ones with my friends, I head over to City Limits Tap Room. City Limits Tap Room has a wide selection of TVs to watch your favorite sports, indoor and outdoor seating, and they are pet friendly. City Limits Tap Room also has food made fresh to order, and the grilled cheese is excellent. I recommend the grilled cheese and the apple pie cider with fries on the side. You can't go wrong with that, baby. More information for upcoming events, head over to facebook.com/slash city limits <laughs>